good to see you again. It is Adam. We had the opportunity to speak with Cody of Wage War over Zoom video. Cody talked to us about where he was born and raised and how he got into music. He comes from a very musical family. His mom is a musician. His dad was a touring musician, touring bass player, played with a lot of the Christian artists. So he grew up in a household full of musicians and touring artists and has just been around this industry his entire life. But in a sense of music, that was totally different than what he's doing now (laughs) with Wage War. He first learned piano, but he talked about learning guitar. The first bands he was in, the first variations of Wage War, playing their first huge show with a day to remember, and then having to change the name of their band, like literally the next day, it went from what it was before to now Wage War. He told us about signing with Fearless Records, putting out their first record, Blueprints, the highlights of their second record, Deadweight, releasing Pressure at the end of 2019 and how that affected the album cycle when it came to COVID happening a few months later, where they were when the pandemic happened, and how that affected their most recent record, Manic. You can watch our interview with Cody on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Wage War. This podcast is about you, your journey in music, and kind of the origin story of Wage War, if that's cool with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you have a new record out tomorrow, so we can talk about that as well. Yeah, it's like Christmas Eve right now for me. <laughs> Pretty exciting, I would imagine, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's all of the things. It's exciting. It's nerve wracking. It's you know, uh, uh, you know, just I, I feel like it's like all of the emotions at the same time. So it's exciting though, for sure. That's cool. Well, you guys just got off a tour, right? Your first tour, in a, I would imagine, a couple of years. Yeah, we got home uh, Sunday. Wow. Yeah, I left my house July thirty first and came back September twenty sixth. So. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. a great tour though, Beartooth. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, Beartooth and Dragged Under. Uh, we had literally the best time. So that it was awesome. awesome. Were you able to kind of, you know, showcase some of these new songs as well? Yeah, we did. Um, so we had one song out before the tour started uh, and then played another new one that wasn't out yet until another new one came out and then started playing High Horse and that new one, which was Circle the Drain. And then the other one that we were playing at the beginning of the tour came out in the middle of the tour. So we started playing all three new songs. So that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is like our shot to get out there and, you know, pump the songs before the record comes out. Normally in an ideal scenario, you know, you put out a record on the headliner and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, we just made the most of, of the opportunity that we had and I'm glad we did. That's cool. That is awesome. So first off, talk to me about where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born in Leesburg, Florida. Um, I lived there for until like fourth grade, which would have been, I don't even know. Uh, but then my parents moved to Georgia. I uh, lived in Georgia for two years um, until fifth grade, I think. And then came back to the exact same town that I left, Leesburg, Florida. Okay. Uh, and then when I started high school, we moved just about an hour north to a town called Ocala, Florida, uh, which is where uh, Wage War is based out of. Right on. Well, was it like your parents' job that kind of moved you back and forth there in the beginning? 
Yeah. So my dad used to be a, uh, a tour manager, um, bass player uh, in the CCM world, the Christian music world. So uh, oh, wow. he did that a lot while I was growing up. Um, and then I think when he finally decided to come off the road, um, he went and worked for a company called World Vision, which is a child sponsorship program. Um, and then when he came back, uh, when we came back, he worked for uh, my mom's dad's company. Uh, we have like a family company called Baird Homes um, that's in Leesburg. And then uh, now both of my parents are on staff at a church in Ocala. So that's kind cool. of, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of moving with the, uh, kind of moving with the rents jobs for sure. Yeah. Wow. So I would imagine that your dad's kind of a big supporter, a big uh, influence on you as far as yeah. like, music goes. Both of my parents are uh, incredible musicians. My mom is like a um, world-class, like uh, professional singer. My dad is bass player, front of house guy. Like he's kind of always been, you know, like the dude. So um, yeah, I have amazing parents and they've always been extremely supportive, even when it wasn't the popular thing, you know, especially given our style of music and stuff. It's like, they've never have once batted an eye at, uh, you know, me chasing after this or supporting, or, I mean, even at times like fronting finances, like my, my dad bought us the wage war, our first in-year rig. Um, really? Yeah. So it was a, it was a, a G2 Sennheiser G2, which is like 20 years old at this point, but I mean, it literally helped us become a better band. So, um, and that was like, you know, five or six years ago. So yeah, my parents have been awesome. That's so cool because I'm sure there's a lot of people that would have the opposite experience with, you know, growing up in a Christian music household yeah. when you, as heavy as you guys are. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I'm like, this is not happening. No, they're, they're at every home show. They're in the merch. They're, uh, uh, my mom, I just talked to my mom the other day. They're on vacation right now. And she was talking to me about our last record. And she was like, uh, I just wanted you to know, like, you know, like, I was walking the other day, like she goes on a, on a walk up there and uh, she's like, and I was listening to pressure and I just, there's so many good songs on here. And I was like, thank you, mom. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, my, my parents were really hard. I love them. They're awesome. That is so cool. So what was the first instrument you learned? Bass? Was it bass? Uh, no, it was guitar. Well, no, actually piano. Um, piano. It was kind of an unsung rule in my house. It's like, if you're going to do anything music, you got to start with piano because it's kind of like the foundation of everything with, uh you know reading music which i do very little of um now but um you know learning scales and uh notes and understanding you know chords and and things like that so i took about three years of piano hated every moment of it uh, of course yeah and then uh but how grateful are you for it now i'm very grateful and i honestly am like one of my things i wanted to do with the pandemic was get better at piano and then i just forgot to do it so <laughs> i wish i i wish i would have taken it uh more seriously back in the day but you got uh, a record out of it though i did yeah absolutely oh. um so i started with piano and then when i was 11 uh i was begging my parents for an electric guitar i was like i have to do it but at that time in my life i was like the kid that couldn't stick with anything like i was like this is cool for like a week and then just put it down. So they're like, you know, they just kind of waited to see where it was at. And like guitar is literally the first thing that I could not put down. That's so cool. 11 and then now I'm 28. So I haven't stopped yet. Wow. Did you go to your dad's shows growing up? Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. Um, we did a, um, 
we would go to quite a few of the shows, like whenever he was close in town. Um, and that's kind of where I got the first like tour bug of just like seeing like, you know, lots of people. And then, you know, you got your backstage laminates and how cool it feels to like go backstage and like, sure. like that's where I got like the, the love and the magic for, um, you know, just being at shows and like that live energy. I mean, completely different style of music, but I feel like the concept is all the same of just like seeing a show and production and, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that was that was part of it for sure. That's cool. That is cool. So at eleven, you get the guitar. And you can't put it down. When do you start writing songs? I think I wrote my first song when I was fourteen, uh, seventh grade. Um, my band that was comprised of two of my best friends still to this day. Uh, one who lives with me and is one of my roommates, and one lives seven minutes down the road. Both moved here from Florida so that we could all still be best friends and live in the same town. That's cool. Uh, and another friend, and uh, we played a talent show. It was called Fat and Heavy. Um, the talent show was called Fat and Heavy? Yeah, P H A T, though, because it was like a mix of rock and rap. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, and so I wrote two songs. Uh, one was called Four Words, and one was called Our Call. And uh, I had, at the time, um, my dad bought me an inbox two, uh, which is what came with Pro Tools 7.4. And I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew how to press record. So I had an SM58. I had my guitar with a little like zoom pedal. Uh, and I had a little electronic drum kit because my brother's a drummer. And uh, I would just kind of demo out these songs. One, just go one take through the whole thing. And uh yeah, so that was that was first go. Wow, yeah, first, song, first song actually. And you played drums and everything on the on the song. Yes, I I'm like, I'm not like a drummer, but I can I can get through it for sure. You can play drums. Yeah, I can, I can play drums, but I'm not a drummer. Did you ever play with your brother? Um, I think I did in like church back in the day, um, okay. but we never did like band stuff together. Is there just like an age gap or? just didn't happen no I, my, my brother took the sports route for a while and kind uh, of okay. lost interest in music and then i was like never the sports route um and so yeah i just kind of never never happened like that but like when we were kids i think we we probably played in church a couple times together all right man. so you had this first band through middle school um wage war was you guys were all in high school together right or a lot of you or no? Uh, no, actually, none of us went to high school together. Oh, so, I'm I'm uh, confused then. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're not. You're all good. So, uh, my first band was called uh, My Shadows Reflection, which is the craziest name of all time because it doesn't make any sense. That's actually uh, a pretty solid name. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you know, my yeah, flat, my shadows. It's a thinker. Yeah. I'm like, huh. Okay. So, so at the time, I'll just kind of give you the little rundown. Uh, yeah, I'd love so, to hear it. Started with my child's reflection. Uh, it was me, like I said, two of my best friends. Um, and then uh, another guy named Jordan. And then um, we decided to add, we changed our name to Scars for Stories, which I think my mom came up with. Um, and mom, oh, really? Uh, and, <laughs> That's cool. And funny, funny enough, my mom also came up with Wage War. So it's pretty crazy. Did she really? My mom, yeah. My mom needs to start handing out band names for, for pulling hard cash. She should. Wow. So, so um, we decided at the time, at, the, at that time, I was really into like 
being a lead singer of the band in like the My Shadows Reflection days. So it was me on guitar and vocals, uh, my friend Hunter on guitar, uh, Austin on drums, and then Jordan on bass. And then, so I was like into being a lead singer for a little bit. Like I was really like into Metallica and like Pull Fry Valentine, Megadeth, like bands that had the guitar player lead singer. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of like changed my tune and I was like, well, I kind of just want to be like the backup singer that does like the choruses and stuff. So then Hunter moved to vocals. Uh, and then Seth Blake, who is currently in Wage War, we mm-hmm. found him and added him to the lineup. Um, so we played like that for about maybe a year and a half or so. Um, and then just, you know, life decisions and stuff. Um, we ended up uh, breaking up. And then Seth and I started, decided we wanted to start another band. Uh, we had, it's us and him. Jordan from My Child's Reflection came with us. And then we found Britain because Britain was in another local band called, uh, I think we call it like Among the Fallen or something. Another great band name. Uh, and then we had a different, uh, so Britain came to vocals. And then my buddy David Rao, who is from, uh, or was, was from Orlando at the time, I just moved to Ocala. Uh, Join the band so that was empire so that is what we call the first incarnation of wage war okay um, and that was 2010 um we ended up going through two different two other or one other band name so we went from empires to uh, war within and then war within to wage war and the reason that we kept the ww is because we played a show with a day to remember that we had spent 500 on scrims that had two w's on them and literally the day after the show we found out we had to change our name so we were like, well, I can't waste this $500. Let's make it a lasting decision based off this. And so uh, that's where Wage War came about. And right about that time, we had had member changes from uh, Steven took over drums and then Chris took over bass. And that's 2013, the, the Wage War that we know today. Wow. So yes. you guys, what, had an opportunity to open up for a day to remember? And yeah, we had after a the show, you found out there was what another band called that, or get a yeah. season assist or something. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, pretty much exactly <laughs> that. Um, so, Empires is a is like already established band from Chicago. Like they, you know, kind of like the unsung rule that I understand is like if you take the band name out of state, it's yours essentially. So they had done some extensive amount of touring, which we hadn't. So we're like, I haven't right, heard cool. that. I like that though. It makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if that holds up in like court of law, but I think that's kind of like <laughs> the court of rock. It holds court up. Of rock, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the War Within band was literally like a bar band from Nashville, and I was like, dude, come on, you're not going to use this name, like, you know what I mean? Like, let us have it, and right. they wouldn't do it. So um, were they like, you could pay us? Did they pull one of those? Moves? No, not even. Oh, either. not even. Just yeah, I was like, we want it. Music. Yeah, they were literally just like, stop using our name. It was just like, and the thing is that they had, so they had trademarked their name. Oh. So there, there was truly nothing we could do about it. It wasn't even like, a, well, we'll just see what happens. It's like they had it trademarked and LLC'd and everything that you need to do to make sure that people don't take it. Yeah. So, okay. How did you get that show at the day to remember? Um, so, what is the this is this is a long-winded story as well um <laughs> so i think so we're i didn't remember from ocala uh-huh. uh which is our hometown uh-huh. and um i think someone had tipped off josh the bass player um 
about our band like hey like there's this upcoming like cool like metal metalcore band um you should check them out um and like kind of just being from the same town we ended up all having a lot of the same friends um even though they're you know a couple years older than us Mm -hmm. um we knew a lot of the same people so uh, i think josh had reached out to me on facebook and was like hey like um just heard like we had put out an ep uh, and he's like hey i just heard your ep and like this rips like uh would love to like meet up and talk and i was like you know holy and and that's cool for me like data member fan like you know Mm -hmm. and so i was like yeah for sure and so um essentially he started kind of getting into the management side of things um and he became kind of a co-manager of our band for uh a while and um yeah i mean we would just like it, it sounds sketchy but like we would like meet up in, in like McDonald's parking lots and I would like give him DVDs of like our last three shows that someone had, someone's dad had took on like a camcorder, um, you know, all the demos that I was making at home, I'd give to him. And um, yeah, so it kind of started there. And then um, I'm trying to think of what, that was 2012. Um, and then yeah, it just kind of grew from there. And then um, I ended up working on, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the gist of it. Mm-hmm. So. And okay. And then you guys, would you put the EP out after that? Um, or before? That was before. Okay. So you had the EP out, you, you, you played the show the day to remember you should have to change your name. Yeah. Um, and then a few years later, you signed to Fearless Records. Correct. Yeah. Wow. So- that must've been a huge moment. It was crazy, man. Um, we, so we had this, this is like a really, really crazy story. Uh, so we had been talking, this is 2014 at this point. So 2013 or 10, 10, like we, we were basically at the point where I think we were all like in our 21, 22. Uh We were kind of all nearing this point of just like, all right, this needs to work or we need to go to school and become adults. And so (laughs) We had set the date uh, for May 1st of 2014. And we were just like, all right, if nothing, because we, we had been like, not kicking tires, but just like, there'd been a lot of talk about things that were going on that like never went on. So it was just like a lot of like email chains back and forth of like, so-and-so was interested. And we're just like, all right, cool. Like, what do they need? And like, just send us all your demos. So I'm like, you know, pulling late nights, like trying to make my terrible demos sound at least half decent. Mm-hmm. And then never hearing anything back from her is like, all right, it's over. You know what I mean? And, you know, all of our friends are in nursing school or, you know, taking the bar, or, you know, I don't know, like doing adult you know, stuff, doing adult <laughs> stuff, having kids. So we're just like, all right, well, let's, let's see. And I literally kid you not May 1st, we got our first, uh, offer. Uh, so it was like, it was wow. crazy. Yeah. It was, you know, coincidence luck god wherever wherever people say it on that it was crazy man so that is so rad yeah and once you get that deal i mean fearless records is so cool and so huge and i'm sure you're a fan of a lot of the bands on the label yeah so at the time we we were kind of one of the heavier bands that they were they were starting to push the heavy agenda mm-hmm. i think they they signed us in the same wave as like august burned red uh, I think volumes was in there. I think the word alive was already on there and bless the fall. Maybe we're like their heavy bands at the time, but they really started developing that. Um, and so it was like us, our red motionless and white. Um, 
I don't really remember all the rest of the bands off the top of my head, but they really went for like a heavy push. Yeah, because um, they put they were putting out like pop punk bands and like more yeah. of that that genre and the pop goes whatever metal. <laughs> you yeah, know, all those yeah. Type of records. Obviously, playing YTs is like the big one that everyone knows. Uh, really Sugar support. Cult was on them or on that label. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was awesome, man. And um, yeah, we ended up working out a really good deal with them. Um, and uh it was crazy, man. And the insane part to me is realizing that getting signed is not the end goal, it's literally the beginning of a lot of work. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you're growing up, you're just like, Oh, they got signed, like you're gonna get signed, like that's yeah. it and then yeah you're signed you know yeah, buy yeah. the houses and you know, yeah yeah call it the greenies like, yeah <laughs> exactly and then you realize that it's like oh no it's time to get in a van a van and still play for a hundred dollars a night and sleep in walmart parking lots and try to just cut your teeth on you know whatever dude it's crazy yeah the anthony from the band bayside told me when i interviewed him he said he he's like, yeah, you think exactly what you said. You know, you get signed, you think like people just assume like, oh, now, you know, you made it. But he's like, now you're you, he's like, you basically moved from the kids table at Thanksgiving to now you're sitting at the, the adult table and they're like, OK. And then it's like, now what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, you, you also you, just you, enter a bunch of debt, too. Like, <laughs> you know, it's really not all it's cracked up to me. Well, I, that's huge, though. I mean, did they put you on the road right away? Yeah. So, um. So we signed 2014, October, started Blueprints, our first record in November of 2014, finished it. We had two and a half weeks to do the whole record, which is insane. Uh, and then we sat on it for an entire year, which sucked. What? Uh, oh, wow. Really? So the record yeah. was done in two weeks and then you for a year, you're just waiting to put it out? Yeah. So the first tour that we did was a back-to-back -to -back tour. So we did... Um, they had just signed Einstein Kills, My Enemies and I and White Noise, which is like a whole fleet of new bands. Mm -hmm. um, or uh, I think Einstein had been on Outer Loop, which is the imprint. And then um, they had just signed to like Fearless Fearless. So our first tour was called the Fresh Faces Tour. It was Einstein Kills, Wage War, um, My Enemies and I and White Noise. The bottom two bands I don't think are, are bands anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like, we were playing for like 150 kids a night, which at the time was awesome. That's still thing. pretty good. I mean, around the country to, to yeah. pull 150 kids, a lot of people yeah. still can't do that. And it's pretty crazy now to see where like Ice Nine is and like where we are. And it's just like to think that tour was doing like 150 kids a night is wild. Um, <laughs> and then I think the biggest show was like 300 kids. So that was almost all of October. We had three days off and then we started, we opened the August Burns Red Tour. Uh, which was Oxford from the top down, Oxford Red, uh, Every Time I Die, Sick Year Guns, Polyphia, and Us. Wow. Um, which was crazy. And that was a big jump in venues because then you go from like, you know, little 300 to 500 cap rooms to like 1,500 to 2,000 cap rooms. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that was, you know, and now that was, uh, that was like October to December, like right before Christmas, like December 18th. And we didn't go home at all. So we just like, we're out there and I feel like we had no idea what we were doing. We were just <laughs> like, all right, well, we got the van and uh, let's just get to every show. And, uh, and we did it, man. And it certainly wasn't without, uh, without its price, but uh, it was awesome. We were just, you know, on cloud nine the whole time. 
Sure. And then the follow-up record, Deadweight, did really, really well. I mean, that charted on, you know, the top U.S. charts, and it was, like, number two in the, the hard rock charts. I mean, that's huge. What was it like to to see that kind of success from that record? It was crazy, man. Um, Deadweight came from, like, a really low uh, place in my life. Um, and it was, like, I feel like Deadweight, like, wrote itself it came together so fast and I just had had, um, you know, I had had a really like bummer relationship, uh, thing happen. And, um, I just feel like it just was like, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the record was done. And, um, I feel like we knew we were working on something special when we did it and it was, it was just so intentional. And, uh, and that was another record that we did and, uh, sat on it for a year. Really? Uh, was that another like two week type recording process too? I think that one was like four, which is still not That's enough. That's still fast, yeah, right? Yeah, but we still, uh, we still did it. Um, and for that one, we were actually at a studio and staying there, which was fun. Um, so yeah. And then to see like, Deadway was where we like really started taking some risks. We had a song called Gravity that was like mostly like melodic and singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last song was called Johnny Cash, which is like that and Stitch are like the most obvious like bullseye songs for like the what was like going on. Mm-hmm. And they were also like well, Stitch is not uh different. That was like you know very down the middle, but to see like Johnny Cash and uh Gravity naturally garner more attention than the rest of the record mm-hmm. was like really I want to say encouraging, but that's like the first time that we realized like we, we can, we can do more than, than just, you know, play breakdowns. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's always been something we wanted to do. Um, and I, I do feel like every record we have, we have done exactly what we wanted to do and never really been like caged in by that. But um, then it was like the record that really feels like we're starting to get identity and we really like broke through. Mm-hmm. I love Johnny Cash. Uh, I mean, the, the original song, but the strip version you guys put out on Spotify is so cool. So, and that's the next level of it is that yeah. we, we put that out and it like blew up. Like, and to this day, I think it's on our top three on Spotify all time streamed. So now we find ourselves in this position where it's like, all right, so we can do a song like Stitch that's just, you know, absolutely insane and people uh-huh. like it. Or we can do a stripped version of one of our songs and people also love it. So it's like all of a sudden it's like we went from here to like here. Right. So that's, and that's where we're at now is just seeing how far we can go. That's cool. You put out pressure at the end of 2019. Yeah. And the, obviously we know the world shuts down yeah. months later. Um, were you on tour for that record when that happened or where were you guys at? Yeah, so we got three tours into pressure. We put it out August 30th, I think, of 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did our uh, an A market headliner in October, November. Uh, came home. That was a very successful tour for us. Um, biggest headliner we've done to date, like just on cloud nine. And then we went to Europe in January, did a uh, headliner over there, and then came home and then did a support tour in Australia in February. And we got home March 1st and I think the world shut down the next week. So, oh, wow. So you made it back. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. You just under the, under the, the gun, so to speak. 
yeah i was uh i remember being in europe and like seeing like all of it unfold and then like we would get to france or i remember getting to france and seeing that there was you know like you know confirmed case of covid in paris or whatever and we were like in paris and i was like uh-oh so that's mm-hmm. when it started to get unnerving and then i could tell things were really heating up when we were in australia and then we got back home and Yeah. I mean, being in the, in Europe and in outside of the U S I think, I think here we have this mentality of like, Oh, that could, that's just something that happens elsewhere. That would never kind of happen here. And then when it started getting bad, I mean, it was so bizarre to see everything kind of stopping and people going like, yeah, yeah, we need to stay inside. Like this isn't like something that's going to go away, but I'm sure you're seeing it even earlier on than anyone else being in totally different countries. Yeah, dude, it was wild, man. And uh, yeah, here we are. (laughs) So you get back, obviously, and and, and we're isolated from that point on. Real quick on the the MySpace thing. So what happened with that? You were just a part of all those accounts that got lost? Uh, What do you mean? Like, I read something on your uh, Wikipedia that, like, you lost all your records or something or like you lost a bunch of files or am i confused uh, or you have no idea what the hell i'm talking about i don't i mean i think i've i think i know what you're talking about but i don't think i lost anything uh oh. the, i mean the i don't think i can go back and find like the music i don't know if the music player still works on our old band pages but oh, okay you know, I don't think we lost anything but i just on your wikipedia it says that you uh were one of the bands that you lost all your content on like a server migration gone wrong, but it's like, when was the last time you probably logged in your MySpace account? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, just, that just goes to show the power of Wikipedia and the fact that anybody can write anything. Oh yeah. The best, the, the, the most burned I've been off of Wikipedia is I interviewed uh, Eric Wilson of Sublime and on his Wikipedia, it said he was born in like some rural town of like Alaska. And I'm like, are you, were you born in Alaska? He's like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, oh man, Wikipedia I mean, got me. Yeah, someone's out to get you, man. They're just Dude, just, I, they I got burned that. twice now. Yeah, twice now okay. with this Wikipedia. I mean, honestly, it could have happened and I just didn't know. So, Well, all that matters is like you're here to say, hey, no, that didn't happen. So yeah. we're confirming it with, with to, to everyone watching this. That No, you're not, uh, anyway, it doesn't even matter because MySpace yeah. is so dead that, yeah, whatever. So you're home. We're, let's go back to this. You're home for the pandemic. Is that like, what do you guys do right away? Is it just like, okay, what do we do now? Um, obviously, you started working on this new record at some point. Yeah. Uh, like, I want to be honest, and this sounds like ungrateful, but like, I was super happy to be home for a little bit. Yeah, uh, I bet. I we were really at a point of burnout uh, at the time. Um, so being home and obviously everyone's just like, oh, just stay inside for two weeks. We'll flatten the curve and it'll go away. And so you're just like, all right, cool. Well, we'll be fine. And then all of a sudden, you know, tours start shutting down and then it's just like, oh, this doesn't look good. And then, you know, we had a bunch of festivals for the next um for summer that were all falling so it was kind of time to start like figuring out what the everyone's next step is and you know obviously the record is number one um and i it it bums me out because i feel like there's a lot of good songs on pressure that will never get the attention that they deserve and that's just kind of the nature of the beast but it's also my fault because i was like all right we gotta put out new music here we go ah so like 
my whole thing like during the pandemic was like well we can't tour so what did we do second best it's like well we'd like to put out music so um yeah i just started cranking on music and trying to like get it out asap and there's ended up being roadblocks and people tell me i can't so we didn't but <laughs> so uh did you like tell me about putting the record together was it something you started working on pretty quickly or did you need some time to kind of you know no I, I think it tour was and I think I was pretty much ready. Um, I just kind of got home and I feel like when you go on tour, you always come back inspired. Um, I got home from this tour that we just did the first day, just sat down, plugged in, like plugged in and wrote an entire song just because I was so inspired. So wow, like it was kind of like that kind of thing. Um, you know, you just played a bunch of songs live. You're seeing what works. You know, the, the tempos, the riffs, the style of songs, you know, whatever it might be. So like, I had a pretty good idea of like where the record was already headed. Um, and then I think we did, we did pressure in March, February, March of 2019. So it'd been about a year um, since I had to work on any music. So I was already ready and already excited. And then um, just kind of started putting songs together. And, um, you know, we, during the pandemic, we did two, we rented an Airbnb cabin in uh, Chattanooga area, Tennessee, mm -hmm. and uh, got together. And I brought all my home studio stuff, and um, we started throwing down vocals on everything, and ended up having like three or four songs come out of that, like done. Um, wow! Did you record the record yourself? No, well, um, oh. I demoed a good amount of it, and then I I did end up doing a lot of production and guitar tracking for the record, but um now we we did half the record with drew falk who did all of pressure and then the other half with um jeremy and wade who did dead weight and blueprints oh cool kind so of a split kind of like a half. yeah yeah we, we just wanted to like maximize the strengths of both it's like well we these things happened really well with drew so let's go to drew for these songs and these songs happen really well for uh andrew and jeremy so let's go back to them and i think it really helped glue the record together and make it pretty pretty diverse honestly cool like and it comes out tomorrow that's huge yeah it's uh it's out in australia right now so um unfortunately i'm a comment reader so my entire <laughs> day is my entire next week is probably just wasted on online so is that hard to do i mean is it's awful i, I wish i didn't do it uh, <laughs> the worst dude because i can read a hundred comments of people saying how much they love it and then there's the one kid that says something really stupid. And then I'm just so mad. Dude, it's I'm just, the same way. I'm the same yeah. way with like reviews on like or interviews I've done. Like I'll have a bunch of great comments, a bunch of likes. And then some one person will say something and it like wrecks my day. I'm like, damn, like, do I suck? Like, what's going on? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's so mostly, weird how that is. And most of the time it's like not even an intelligent, like insult. Like it's not even like a, I don't know. You just, you gotta be a special kind of person to, to just like get online and just tear people down. Yeah, you but, really do. Like what, what benefit are you like coming yeah. out and telling you a horrible, like something mean about something that you put your whole heart and soul into? Like, what is the point of that? It makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah. And then the next, the next level of that is like, you would literally never say that to my face. Right. Like, if, <laughs> exactly. if I ran into you at like Panera Bread or something. <laughs> You would not come up to me and be like, this record sucks, dude. Like you would like, or like your band fell off. 
you were better when you were heavier or you know all that no, they'd come up to you and ask you for a picture and an autograph dude could you take a picture with me for my instagram like you, you yeah. know that would happen like give I'm me a break i'm started getting a little snarky um I, I know like the thing for our band is like we just never give it any attention like i've never i never respond to it i never do anything it's like i would rather put my focus on the people that like you know write the the paragraph about how much they love the band and like right let's help them through it's like that's way cooler to me than like responding to that than like some kid that has a hot take on a song or something but um on twitter like i'll find kids that will like you know say something about like how they don't like our band and then i'll like like the tweet and then (laughs) they'll either delete it or tweet me back and be like just want to say bro love the band (laughs) what's going on dude that's funny that is funny because they're they're probably like oh he actually saw this like now i feel really dumb (laughs) that's what i'm saying it's like you would never say that to somebody's face it's like you know you don't like walk up to people and like you know i don't know it's just and it's the art so it's like you know it's objective to everybody and i don't know like at the end of the day i don't care that much but um i do like to i like the rush of seeing people like it but I hate the low, like I immediately just like tear people apart in my head and just like, Oh, you stupid little, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> sure, but, yeah, I would never, uh, I would never respond to that. And, you know, everyone's open to their own opinion, but right. it just sucks, man. Like to think that there are just people on the world that are just like, you know what? I'm going to, you know, yeah, I'm going to ruin this guy's day. Like, okay. Yeah, like, like what? Yeah. It's, just, it's like thinking like this song was written for me and I don't like it and I need to let them know. Right. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. But I love the fact that you like their tweets. That's hilarious. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, it's a little, I've had, I saw someone got mad about it the other day and like, was just like, uh, they were like, be a man or something. And I was like, or they're like, be a man. Like you can't take criticism, whatever. And I was like, uh, you're like, I liked what you said. First of all, it wasn't a critique. It was an insult. So right. <laughs> like, I don't know. I was just, I'm just having fun with it now. That's funny. Well, Cody, man, thank you so much for for chatting with me today and talking to me about yeah. you know. Thank you for having me. I uh, I appreciate it. This is fun, and it's not all the time that I get to see how much I actually remember about how we started. <laughs> so. I love it. Well, I have one more question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Woo, that's a that's a hefty one. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that you probably haven't heard and you're probably not going to get it. Uh, it's all right. Um, I mean, this is super cliche, but I feel like the older that I get and the more that um, the deeper we get into this whole band thing and all the business stuff, like never, never do it for any other reason than just the love of music and like loving what you do, because you're going to be let down. If it's for money, you're going to be let down. If it's for, fame or whatever because none of that stuff is ever what you think it is but the thing that is like undying is like just the passion for like music and whether whether that's the creative side or the live like touring side like you know they're both insane and they're both magical and um you know you can make a million dollars and uh and still be just as unhappy if you get it for all these stuff. <laughs>